the Recruitment Rollercoaster Podcast. My name is Hisham Azuz and today I'm joined by the lovely Lucy Kendall who has been, unfortunately, sorry to remind you, uh, in recruitment for over a decade. Um, and as I do, Lucy, I always check out people's LinkedIn before uh, you came into the studio. Um, I always like to start sort of how how did you get into recruitment? Mm. It may seem a bit of a distant mm. memory now, but mm. how, how did you <laughs> sorry <laughs> how did you end up in um, recruitment? How did that happen? Is there a story there or? Uh, well, um, yeah. So so um, so I did my degree in Manchester, and then I get either side of my family, I've got um, very entrepreneurial family businesses. Cool. So all my uh, this business degree I did in Manchester, all my mates were like filling in these pages and pages of like application forms yeah. for like Goldman Sachs and stuff and nice. I was like Ooh. what did you do at uni uh, a business degree oh, okay. at UMIS which doesn't exist anymore it's oh, been wow. absorbed into Manchester but yeah so it was a, a great degree and then um and actually I'd taken a year out in the middle of that um to go and work for Peacocks who were a, I don't even know if they exist anymore but the clothing like a oh, okay clothing oh, no, retailer yeah so I worked in buying there and I loved that um, and then when I came out of you and I was like, oh, what do I do? What do I do? So I worked for one of the family businesses mm. um, in Cardiff, but lived in Bristol. And then I literally, which to you, you'll just be like looking at me blank, yeah, like a complete blank face. But I was going through the paper, <laughs> like good old fashioned paper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was like going through it and I was looking at like these job ads for Bristol. Oh, that's and crazy. I, yeah, I know. That is crazy. And there was this job ad and it literally said recruitment consultants wanted no experience necessary. I mean, yeah, it's something was like, it. as, as vague as that. Uh-huh. And I thought, I think I thought. Did you say any money on there? Like, it's probably something atrocious. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, that's what I was interested. Like, like 60k. Two, two <laughs> yeah. Two p salary. <laughs> uh, no, I can't, I can't remember what it said, but it was okay. just more that it was literally like no experience necessary. And for, for, for whatever reason, I was like, you know, right, I'll, I'll send something there. Did and you I have any perception of what a recruitment consultant did no. before that? Okay, okay. No, in fact, I tell you what else it said. It said something like recruitment consultant, property and construction. Okay. And I sort of thought. Okay. I don't know what's that, um, um, and so, um, but I had, I suppose, I'd worked. So the family business I was working for did like precision engineering, yeah, yeah. like British Steel. So, and then my dad's dad's business was cars. So this property, I, did, I didn't really know much about it, but it was the fact it said no experience necessary, and I thought, oh well, let's give this a whirl. And I think I, I you know, I'm ashamed to admit that I don't think I even sent a very good sort of covering email. I mm. think it was quite short and sweet. It wouldn't have been an email, it would have been a letter. No, no, actually, thank you very much. <laughs> it was an email. Oh, okay, sorry. Take that back. Thank you. <laughs> um, and I sent it from my uh, BBC computer. No, I don't know. I, uh, so, no, I, so I sent cool. it off. And, um, and then I was invited f- for an interview. Um, and that was it, you know, and that's like... How big was the agency? Of, um... I think uh, probably about 150 staff oh, in, wow. in the UK. Um, and I was just very lucky to, to join just an absolutely amazing um, agency wow. called Anders Elite. Um, so how long did you stay there? Um, about four and a half years. Oh, wow. So good, good period yeah, of time then. Yeah. So went in as a trainee on about 2p on yeah, salary. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, I, I think the things for me is that, you know, I rocked up to the interview. Yeah. You know, all prepared for it, and think well, not knowing what this thing was, but yeah, you know, yeah. turning turning up for it, and um, because of what we're talking about today, one of the one of the key things for me was yeah. that I walked into this interview, mm-hmm. and opposite me on the table was was literally this one director, yeah. and then this woman, yeah. this this woman who I just sat opposite, and I just 
You know, when you're you inspired. Like, yeah, she, I just smiled. She was because she gave off this warmth. Okay. Um, and she, as we as we talk, I mean, I you know, I technically I didn't yeah. obviously have anything to bring, but I just had you know, I was so excited. You know, skills. I was so excited to yeah. get get started, and I knew that I was going to work really hard, and mm. I was really excited to get started. And she was just her grin was like getting bigger and bigger, uh-huh. and, and it was just lovely. And so, um, and yeah, I joined um the Bristol office, which was um back in like February 2000, 2001 and um, it must have been I don't know about 15 people or something but they had their oh, okay. you know offices elsewhere um, but yeah they were just an amazing firm they'd been bought by a US listed firm oh, wow. who had then invested in them so they ran their own ship yeah. But they had this massive US investment. I just hit it at the right time. So, like, recruitment was booming. Yeah. The property and construction sector was booming. Nice. Um, and then this firm was just amazing. So mm. you just landed, and I worked for two women. Love that. So um, what I'd love to uncover a bit, because mm. obviously um, you would have had loads of different experiences, but what... So you obviously said that quite a few times. Obviously, the business is amazing. Like, what, what made it so amazing? Was it, obviously, because it was your first job in recruitment, so was the training great? Was it people you learned from? What Yeah, what sort of environment did you go yeah. in that made it so amazing? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know... The training for sure. Okay. Um, so they had, you know, they had they had reasonable infrastructure. So like they had a head office that yeah. had all the key functions, which meant that you know as a consultant you had all that support. Okay. Um. So but but then you had then then structured training, and they went out and appointed you know, external trainers to come right, in so to good. then nurture. So, so going really back to basics, all the foundation stuff. Yeah. Then when you became a manager, that yeah. kind of like how to give you the tools to yeah. become a manager. But I think that that wouldn't have worked as well if I hadn't had... So the two women that I worked for originally, they were both actually engineers. Um, one of them was... Char- they met on the construction yeah. of the second seven crossing. Um, disenfranchised with um, the engineering industry and the misogyny that they'd experienced. And they left the industry to go into recruitment. So I then joined a recruitment business. Yeah. Lisa, I think the fire alarm's going. Yeah. (laughs) I was just thinking there's a fire alarm. So we just had a false fire alarm. (laughs) Twice. (laughs) Yeah, it's twice. So had to stop midday through. Um, so I guess let, let's just sort of crack on from what we were saying. Obviously, you just talked to me about sort of um, what it looked like working for that business training and what, yeah. why it was so amazing. Yeah. You said obviously you was exposed to two amazing women. Yeah. So yeah, let, let's let's carry on. Yeah. There. So yeah, I just think you know. So, so they they were brilliant. I mean, mostly really because they came from the industry that I was recruiting into. So in terms of being a good oh, recruiter okay. yeah. and actually having a bit of a competitive edge, like my first training went, went you know like the training I was having was like, right, what does, a, you know, what does a consulting engineering firm do? You know, what, you know, what does an engineer do? So these are the roles you'd be recruiting for. What mm. do they do? Because they're, they're heavily technical, you yeah, know? Yeah, so, yeah. so I think that's what made it brilliant. And then in combination then right. with then all the, the really fundamental, like foundation elements of how do you recruit? Yeah. Like, how do you do interviews? Mm. Like just all the different techniques yeah. of how you ask questions, how you open it's, somebody it's up. It's really to, interesting. You know, Really interesting to say that it's come up once or twice on here now, and since I've since I've done this and spoken to people, mm. it makes a lot of sense. And um, the point that I want to draw on is that um, the fact that you sp- spoke about the actual sector knowledge, yeah, and not not a lot of agencies from people I speak to for this and stuff, they'll dive straight into 
how do you recruit? How do you get someone off a job board? How do you use LinkedIn, yeah. CVs, yeah. interviews, the stuff you're talking yeah. about? And maybe secondary is the sector knowledge. Yeah. And talk, do, do you get what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. It, actually, what, what, when I spoke to people, it's like, well, no, there should be, it should either be 50-50 or actually no, more emphasis on the sector. Yeah. Because the quicker you pick that up and understand it, the the easier it is going to be when you're building relationships and mm. on those early mm. parts, right? Mm. Because yeah. I I used to work in insurance and then recruited in insurance, but the jobs that I recruited for, I knew absolutely nothing about. Yeah. So the way I learned was uh, speaking to candidates and listening and asking yeah. questions. But um, I think yeah, as you just said, that's really interesting that you mm. bring that up, and that's just mm. how they did it, mm. and it makes sense that that would mm. work, and you enjoyed that because. Mm. As I'm, yeah, this may seem ages ago now, but when you obviously first start, it's daunting to speak to candidates. Yeah. Especially if you oh haven't a fucking clue about what they're talking uh, about. Uh, uh, yeah, exactly. And yeah. I think that, you know, I mean, I guess because of the rest of my career, I end up, you know, I've ended up working at the very senior level. Mm. You know, if you do not know something about the sector that you work in, <laughs> I mean, I think, I think I remember like one of the first things is that whole like reason to call. You know, like, mm. what is your reason to call? So yeah, somebody yeah. can okay. say to you, pick up the phone, pick up the phone, pick up the phone, and you sit in an office with all those people, and you, I mean, you just feel like everybody's looking at you, oh, and you think, oh, oh my goodness, how am I going to do this? And so I think the thing for me was that they were like, have a reason to call. So like the that. reason to call was, right, go and read the trade press, go and find out what are mm. they doing, so that when you phone somebody, to a client, to, like, try and get your temp yeah, jobs yeah, yeah. on, or whether it was a candidate to try and talk to them about a job, you know, you, you at least had something to trade, yeah. you know? You had something just... So so for me, it was quite, you know, because in property and construction, it's very it's very visible. Yeah. So, you know, it's what project are they, are they working on? So they've just been announced, they've won, like, whatever it might be, the Ascot, you know, the new yeah, development yeah, yeah, of Ascot yeah. Racecourse or whatever... So you can ring and you can speak to somebody and say, God, that's amazing. You, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. So the reason to call thing, it was like you needed the sector knowledge. And then like you said, you know, how do you build it? You mm. know, yes, you can be trained, but ultimately, you know, yeah, just yeah, be inquisitive yeah. and ask, ask your candidates questions. So, so um, how, how were, so, um, so what, what did it grow to in those four years then, that agency? So, what, what was your, yeah. so um, I mean, it was insane, really. Okay. It was it, because the business, um, you know, did really, really, really well. Yeah. So it just mushroomed. And then, um, I mean, the other thing that was great about working there was all your peers. So we okay. had like, and some of those people would be people you know today running recruitment businesses. So the network that's Love come that. from it is amazing. So, you know, I just turned up on my 2P salary and ran a temp desk. Um, and for me, my journey, as you'd probably find with quite a lot of people in that era, was... Um, you kind of went in and then I, for whatever reason, seemed to do this recruitment thing really well um, <laughs> and ended up one of the top billers. Okay. Um, so what typically sort of happened there is, um, you know, you'd work your way up. So I think when I would have been performing at that level, there were probably up to about 300 consultants. Oh, wow. Um, and, you know, at this point, we probably had opened an Australia office, um, but it was mostly Australia and then and then UK. So yeah. all the typical hubs in the UK. Oh. And it was a really, really successful, brilliant business. Um, so I then did that thing where you go, right, you're now a top biller. Now you can manage some people, yeah. which is just, I mean... You know, how do you go? Did you manage people then? Um, yes. So when so so you kind of you know climbed yeah, the ladder yeah, yeah. of the top billing thing. Then yeah. it was like right now you can grow a team. So I probably had. I mean, it's really difficult to remember. I probably had within 
sort of my my third year there, I probably had a team. I I would have been starting to mentor and develop yeah, people yeah, before yeah. that. So I would have had a team. I mean, Bristol ended up being about 60. So I probably had, well, I, don't, I don't know really, 15, 20. Yeah. But then what happened is I then ran Bristol. So, six, so 60 consultants. Um, and then, and then. Did you want to do that? Um, I think that what happens is you sort of think I should do that. Like where um, because exact yeah, because it, exact what happened was the the sto- what happened really in the story is I went I ran Bristol. It was it was the top performing office. Yeah. So it was like you know what an accolade we yeah. got to that point. Then I went over to run Cardiff, which yeah. was a massive change because it was a much smaller office, okay. but trying to get the best out of the region. And then I was there and I had my clients ringing me from Bristol saying, you know, where I'd sort of had that succession plan yeah, and yeah, handed yeah. my business over to, you know, people coming through. Some of those weren't working out. And then actually what I realised is like, so I felt like all I was doing was producing reports, attending board meetings, shuffling mm. paper, and I missed my clients. So what actually happened is I then ended up moving to Birmingham um, to go and sort of do a role there. And then what I wanted to do, and I remember having this meeting with some of the board people there, yeah. saying I want to do a strategic account role, okay. like a business development strategic it's account role. And you know what they said to me in the end? They said, um, you're, you're too you know, the business isn't where you, you need it to be for you to do that role. Because it would have been essentially an overhead role, yeah. at, you know, at a yeah, senior yeah, level. Yeah, yeah. So so actually, I got to the point and I thought, now, you know, I've, I've gone all the way through. Yeah. I've kind of gone as far as I can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I need to go and do something else. Yeah, so yeah. I got headhunted to go and do an executive search. So right, that so no, seems it's, like... No, it's super interesting because I know that that is a huge topic. Like, when, when you're on a top biller, like, where do you go if you do want to progress? Yeah. What is progression? Yeah. Like, is yeah. it managing? And or, as you said, not, not everyone... Is meant to be managed. And a lot yeah. of people said that on yeah. here, but so how how is there anything that you learned to deal with that? I don't know. Would there be anything that you'd say to yeah. top billers who might be listening to this who are like, "Fuck, where do I go? Yeah. Like, I mean, should they go down that route? Should they not? I don't know." Obviously, I mean, I think I think the thing that I mean, I don't know whether business owners would appreciate me saying it, but the thing that I did in the end because and I fought for it and I had enough sort of because of probably what I was generating to, to mm. sort of say this, but what I did is I actually ended up with a... So say I ran quite a big temp desk, I don't know, 50 temps. I actually said, I want a resourcer. Okay. So I then brought a resourcer in behind me, and then I brought... In fact, what I did is I had two resourcers behind me, a graduate, and then actually I got a PA to step up. Nice. So, um, and then they sort of took over my 50 temps. Yeah. And then what that made enabled me to do is they ran then the desk, and then they built on it. So you sort of split the desk into two. Okay. So, um, so, so for, I mean, I think there's two things there. One is how how tactically do you do it, and mm. that's how I did it, because yeah, yeah, yeah. then you built the succession. And those, you know, fifty temps is a lot of revenue to that business. So yeah. you want them to be well looked after and to stop all of your competitors taking. Them and from also, you. I guess that get I don't know if you did do this, but it gave you the opportunity to do some mentoring and, and yeah. teaching just to two people That's, as opposed yeah. to straight into. Just straight into. Yeah. So I did that, and then I think I mean I, I think I did have very good. Um, coaching in terms of how you manage um, as well and I think that shouldn't be overlooked you can't you know I think there's two things one is does the individual have the um, personality Mm. that's suited to to managing and I've worked with lots of people in all different sorts of businesses that just do not have the component parts to be selfless I mean I think I think you've got to be I think you've got to be genuinely interested yeah. in others' development. Sure. So, so, um, and I think 
probably one of the other things I would say is I think you've got to be willing to share and collaborate because when I've looked at other people, even in executive search, trying to bring other people on, what they don't do is they don't give anything away. And my, my view was that you sort of do give something away. So what I mean by that is I'd have a role yeah. and I'd I'd coach them through filling it. Yeah. And then what I would do is on the next role, I'd let go a bit more. And so what ah. you're doing is you're letting go a bit more and then their confidence would grow because mm. what happens is you bring some... And not every... I mean, you know, lots of people do it different ways, but I've witnessed people do it like... You know, right, here's a load of consultants, right, crack on managing them and run your desk. I think it's just you've got to be able to give the manager the right level of support, yeah. but also just be just understand whether they have the right yeah, yeah. elements to succeed at managing. Mm. Because the worst thing you can do is put a top biller in a managerial position that 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 has no ability to manage because that will be hugely destructive on them and their billings and then all the you know so um but i think you have to support the top biller if somebody's got the ability to 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 manage and and i would say that i'm evidence of somebody that was you know a top biller and the manager so you know what if that top biller wants to be a manager but they don't have the right do you know what i mean because there will be people out there who do want to do that but I guess that will come down to the manager and having an honest conversation. And well, well, and you know, I think I think if if you've got you know again, you need to have a way of performance management. You know, you've got to have a performance yeah. management approach within your business of how people understand what makes them. You know, how do people get promoted? Yeah. You know, so what is it that, that that enables me to be promoted? Right, if I do this, I become a senior consultant. When you become a manager, you've got to be visible about what are those traits. Yeah. That that illustrate you you might be a manager so you know and and whatever those component parts are you know you need to get that person to be able to assess themselves against that and then you as the business you know give them feedback so it needs you know I mean these are all things that maybe recruitment businesses need to do better like how you measure performance how do you promote people but you know um, yeah but I mean I think it is ultimately it's about being honest with people but instead of maybe barking that at them, trying to help them to see it in themselves. Yeah, I mean, yeah, feedback sure. is sense. just so important, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, you know? Definitely. So went from there to an executive search. Yeah. So was that your own agency or that was... So... You started the executive... So yeah. how... That must have been... So my understanding, correct me if I'm wrong, executive search is obviously less deals but more money. Exactly. So the difference with executive search, executive search was born out of management consultancy. So basically, if you imagine in the States, there are all these management consultancy firms, a lot of which exist today. And back in the like Mad Men era, um, they were like, you know, helping people with their businesses. And then what happened with talent is that they were then like, oh, you know, you know that business problem you were solving? Well, can you help us with finding some people? So it kind of got born out of that. So it's got a different you know, history. Mm. Um, and then the, the biggest thing really with executive search is is what you're buying is somebody's time. Yeah. So the difference for me is, you know, you give me a job for winning contingency and I, I get, I've got five other jobs like your job. Yeah, yeah. And then I go and find some candidates or, you know, depending on yeah, what sort yeah, of yeah. market you're in. Um, and then I might share it with you. I might share it with the yeah, other yeah, four yeah, yeah. and just, you know, whoever, you know, it's a bit of a, you know, lottery, whoever gets the candidate and sure, jobs sure. are good and, with executive search, the difference is it's it's obviously typically used at a more senior level, yeah, yeah. and it and it's it's normally you know because you've got on a strategic appointment or you've got a confidential appointment or you want to open a new office in a new place you need a leader for it whatever the thing might be, the difference is the firm says um, right we want you to help and you say 
you have to pay me in three stages yeah. to fill the job, and what you're really that. paying is 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 time. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, you are you are ultimately pay, you know ultimately the client will be sat there saying I'm paying for a result, but you're you're paying for the time yeah, to have 100%. the dedicated you know a dedicated proactive approach yeah. so you know there is a me methodology where you yeah, go out sure. and you build a list of candidates and then you so approach them and how did you, know. you find adapting to that because like i used to i used to um just recruit for perm and it was exactly that so we'd find a candidate who'd be sought after there'd be yeah. five jobs they, they yeah. could go to and yeah i completely get that of course they're buying time but that what that means and what they're getting in return is a dedicated person that's yeah that's right I always yeah used to say to clients yeah. that Obviously, yeah. you're only paying me when the bum gets on the seat, but I'm charging you this fee because you're at the moment. I'm, I'm, you're, you're getting my time, yeah. And I will work in this role exclusively if you pay me more, etc. To get what I mean, so yeah. I get that 100. percent Couldn't agree more, yeah. But how do you adapt to that then? Because I'd find that hard, yeah. Because like, I like to be on the phone a lot, yeah. speak to people. I guess obviously, yeah, it's obviously a lot more slow paced. Or um, I mean, I think you know, having run a temp desk, um, <laughs> I think I think that is you know that was possibly a reservation. But I think that for me, I had got to the point where I wanted to have more influence. Okay. You know, I'd worked in 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 the industry for four years. I was you know working. You know, my relationships with clients were at a certain level, and I just felt I needed the challenge, yeah, you know, yeah. to step up. And I think that the industry is so skill short that I could see that there was the need for, for more a more of a retained model. And I actually felt like I had, I was getting to the point where I was known well enough to be able nice. to say, you know, a lot of people are asking me to help them. And I'm now at a point where if you want me to yeah. help you, then this is, you, you know, this is, yeah. So I didn't go, I didn't go into some sort of really high, I went into a boutique search firm. So it was, it was, you know, it, it wasn't one of these high end flashy ones. Mm. So I could kind of do it the way I wanted to do it. So it was a bit of a, you know, it was a bit of, bit of everything, but you know, yeah. It, so, so I, it was okay, and I think somebody once said to me, "If you can run a temp desk successfully, imagine what you can do as a headhunter. Because if mm. you apply the mentality, you'll be faster. You know, yeah. you'll be faster. You'll work harder. You'll, you know." Um, so that I thought that was quite interesting. So yeah, yeah you know, I Is mean, that I, how it worked out then, like. Um, I mean, I think that you definitely have a different sort of resilience and a different sort of pace. Um, I mean, I think for me, the big thing that change that, that that helped me was that you have dedicated researchers so you exactly. know that kind of so so working with me the minute I got a search I would yeah. then brief on the job internally to my researcher and my researcher would then go do all the like research of finding the candidates so what? for me and the, yeah and then they so, so what they do is they map out the market they go and find you know a comprehensive list of all I don't know, sales directors, really? you know, in whatever sector. And then they come to you on a weekly meeting and they'll say to you, you know, here is, here's yeah. what it looks like. Then you look over the list and you know some names, you don't know some names and you say, right, let's go for it. They then do the first, often will do the first stage approaching. So, really? you know, we'll be working out how do we get hold of people. Yeah. And then and then you then pick it up when you've then got, a, a, you know, a warm, interested candidate. So then I then plough in with the whole, hey, yeah, you know, yeah, let's yeah, have yeah. a serious conversation, do the interviews, prepare the interview notes. So you kind of a move the, from a value perspective, you're moving up, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, the food chain in terms of, you know, for me like sort of intellectually you know I wanted to be I'm interested in business you know my degree yeah, yeah, is in yeah, that yeah. I wanted to get involved in my clients businesses understand how they tick yeah. how can I do more to help them at that top level yeah so you kind of then and then the people you get to meet so you For get sure. to meet like all these amazing senior figures and then there's your BD yeah, there's yeah. your lead in to win more work yeah no that that's one thing that 
I think about recruitment is great. Like even candidates, clients, whoever you meet, you never know. Yeah, like, that, that's network, what's network. so yeah, literally <laughs> what, what's been really cool. But I didn't actually know that. So essentially, it's like research is our resources, but obviously, yeah, it's, but with a different like, name. Yeah, with a different name. That's yeah. cool. So um, and then and then did you go set up your own agency? So yeah. So what ha- so okay. what happened then is I sort of did that for a year, and a client I'd had for a very long time who yeah. we were talking about oh, before right, okay, this. Okay, cool, we were talking cool, about cool. them before this because the stadium behind your um, offices yeah, yeah. and they designed. Um, so they were a client. So they came with me when I went to the headhunting firm, mm. and then they started asking me to do a few different things, um, sort of more creative things with them, and I guess. I just kind of sat within this executive search business and and it was okay, but culturally it didn't align well with my values and my principles and it just wasn't really for me. And I thought, you know what, I'm just going to go and set up on my own. So I was really fortunate that I did it with a warm client who retained, who wanted, you know, who retained me a couple of days a week. Um, And I I then ran my own business um, for just under two years until they then came and said, come and set up our in-house function globally. So, um, So, but the business I set up all the way back then still exists today. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, and it, and I've you know gone back to it at different points in my career. Sure, sure. Um, most notably, probably when I um, had children. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, so how how did you find that transition? Because I always find that really interesting. Because obviously, obviously, low, there's such great opportunity to set up your own agency, but obviously, a lot of people, um, the challenges that I've heard is like. Obviously, they forget that it's not just billing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So yeah, it's yeah. Like so much more yeah. than that. Yeah, yeah. So get a good ha- accountant. That's yeah, yeah, always yeah, yeah. my advice. Get a good accountant. <laughs> how, how did you deal with that transition? Um, Was there anything that you learned or had to learn quick from failing or whatever that you think other people could benefit from? Obviously, you said about getting an accountant. Yeah, I mean I that. Know. I mean that seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I, you know, I mean, I, I was like I was saying at the beginning. You know, having family businesses either side. I'd grown up in a very business savvy environment sure. and was interested in business. So for me, you know, I was. I guess that was exciting for me because I felt I had you know, the skills and the component parts and me running, you know, quite a big chunk of a, of, a, of an agency before. I, you know, I had, yeah, I had yeah, some yeah. good understanding about what was needed. But I do really sincerely mean about the accountant because what happens is I think people start off and, and they see the cost of an accountant and they're mm. like, oh, God, you know, that's not an overhead yeah, I want. Yeah, but yeah. I cannot stress, if you find a good one, they will be there to advise you because, you know, just how you pay yourself, um, even general business advice like mine was really good at like insurances okay. you know what insurances should I have yeah, and because yeah, c- yeah. you know it is quite grown up this running your own business <laughs> e- even though you're sat at home in your bedroom you yeah, know yeah, yeah. Uh, sort of making phone calls so I mean I, I would say that was probably one of the most important things I think the hardest thing yeah. is for, for you know if, if you're um, I, like us an extrovert and mm. um, like talking to people and you know that that that, yeah that that is hard that is hard but I I suppose it kind of I weighed it I mean my my setting up my business was much more about me doing something for myself I hadn't really had the intention of setting up like an empire I kind of felt like I just wanted to check out for a bit and kind of have an easier life so the good being more control yeah exactly and just so for me I had this amazing life where i be doing some deals and then I'd be like oh I'll take Friday off um, so yeah so yeah. you get you know so I got yeah, that yeah. kind of thing um, so did you have your family at this point did you have an insurance no no no, okay. no this was before that oh, okay. yeah before that so, um, so that would help that sort of world I guess yeah um, I mean it, uh, 
not? I mean, I work from home, so probably not, because when you've got kids, you just look around you and all the time there's either toys <laughs> everywhere or food needs cooking or yeah, washing yeah, needs yeah, putting yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. So probably not. But um, but, um, but yeah, it was, it was really liberating. And I think it was really good for me as a person to grow and stand yeah, yeah. on my own two feet and yeah. kind of you know, flex, flex my muscles a bit in terms of like, can I, can I make this a success? Um, you know, which I did. So that was really positive. But the reason I made it a success was because of all that hard work that had gone into those client relationships. So, you know, I think that's exactly. So I think obviously I know obviously, obviously the best recruiters out there really do value the relationships Mm. and the service. And again, it comes back to that point of you never know when you're going to have to try and leverage that. And look, obviously you, you may not know today, but in a week's mm. time, you may want to start mm. your own agency, and that yeah. re- one relationship could enable yeah. you to do that, right? Yeah, which is yeah. Um, amazing. Um, but look, as you know, and I know you're you're passionate about it, and we we're speaking about it before we started this. But obviously, you said there, obviously, you have a young family and stuff mm. like that. So, how did that end up sort of affecting your career in the women in recruitment mm. and mm. all that sort of thing? Mm. As Obviously, recruitment has that perception of it's a male-dominated industry, yeah, um, and all that. So, yeah, maybe let's just talk a bit about that. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I was, I went in after that. I went in house, so yeah. I was actually in house when I fell pregnant, okay. and I think probably I thought, oh, this will be okay. Yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah. know why I thought that. I thought, oh, this will be okay. I'll have children, then I'll come back because I had you yeah. know reason, reasonable sized team in house, and it was it was doing brilliantly. It was really successful. Um, lots more to do, but, you know, had a good profile within the business. Um, and, you know, I, I, you know, I encountered probably what a lot of people do, um, which is, you know, a business that sort of wasn't necessarily prepared to accommodate mm. the sort of flexible working that I wanted to do. I think the benefit that I had at that point in time was that I had worked for myself before. So when I sort of sat there and thought you know, what are they proposing that I do? And do I want to do that? Um, What are my alternatives? Um, I think for me, I just thought with the experience I've got and what I've done, Mm. I can just go back to working for myself. Okay. Um, And so what actually happened for me is that, going back to your exact point about your network, um, is that a couple of people who I I had worked with before found out that I was deciding what I was going to do while I was on mat leave and said, and then approached me to say, will you come and talk to us? So agencies or clients? So this was an executive search firm, so like a boutique executive search firm in property and construction. Oh, wow. Um, And they came to speak to me. And it it was a bit, I was just really fortunate kind of how it all came together. But what happened was they said to me, you know, you, you've obviously worked um, in the industry on the kind of, mm. you know, recruitment and executive search start side for a long time. You've then worked in-house. Yeah. Um, and we just feel like we don't know enough about what our clients think about us. And we're thinking that you would be the right sort of person to kind of come in and help us with our, like, client strategy and, you nice. know, really understanding what clients think about what we're doing. And I think for them, you know, they were often dealing with like FTSE CEOs or really senior CEOs so for them to have somebody to go in and assess the relationship mm. so like consultancy sort of thing yeah so uh, um, yeah they, they needed somebody who could represent them well enough and like oh. hold a conversation with the CEO so it kind of all came together for me because 
I knew I wanted another child. Um, so I was really fortunate that I just said, right, well, this is, I'm working for myself again. Um, I will do how many days a week um, to, to suit me and to suit you. And that was it. And so, and so I did that and it was, and it was absolutely amazing. And I did that. And then I had my second child mm. and then I went back to it after I had my second child. Amazing. And then, yeah. So, so, so what, so that, yeah, so obviously spoken about this now. Um, so what? What I when, when I'm listening and sort of talking to to you guys, like it seems mm. like obviously fl- having flexibility first yeah. is really important. Yeah. But and then actually really making sure and people business owners, I guess, understanding that actually that doesn't affect um, the outcomes and yeah. them yeah. achieving what they want to and stuff. Because yeah. obviously they, you wouldn't be able to go back if you didn't deliver on what you mm. said you would, right? That's right. Yeah. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. So I think. From what I can see, it's very much um, implementing, being able to be flexible, but yeah. and then actually having to step step back and go, well, actually, because that person only works three days, doesn't actually mean that their performance is going to be any yeah. worse than somebody who works full time. Yeah. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. That, that's what yeah. it seems like. It. I don't know. Do you think there's any? Yeah, that might be. I think. I think there's. I think there's quite a lot, really. I think. Um, I think that there needs to be more enlightenment mm. at like the top level to understand that the, the person that I went back to work for said something to me which I thought was just amazing and that okay. was you know when women um and let's you know this, this is about parents here really yeah, not yeah, just yeah. about women because actually it's about being flexible for parents because yeah. if if you're flexible for parents then everybody benefits whereas sure. if you're just flex you know it's, it's not yeah, you know yeah, it's yeah, kind yeah. of like about that but you know he he said to me the thing that I believe is he said if if I look at your whole career, so I don't know how many years we'll all be working for, but a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's like, this period of time where you're going to have children is like such a small part of your entire career. And he said to me, he said, for me, if I've got to just be flexible and patient, you know, because you, you, you need to take some important time out to do some other things. He said, why on earth am I not going to just ride that out? Love that. Knowing that I'll mindset. get the benefit of that. Now... If you could bottle that and sell it, you know, to what a great because so that so that was it, and that's, that's how so he saw true, it. It's I know, so true. I know, I know. And the thing is, like, you know, and and anybody that's got kids will know those things. They teach you stuff, you know. So it's <laughs> like, you know, just you know, you're talking about how many days a week you work. I mean, the the problem with with part time working is that you will pay somebody for three days a week and that person, because of the world we're in, will be checking their emails on those two days they're not working. Sure, so that, that, so that, so it's really, so you will be getting as a business a lot more anyway. I think what businesses have to do is be more creative about how they enable this flexible work. So, so some of it's just about, I need to go and pick the kids up, yeah. you know. But some of it's like... I mean, and actually, it's not just about parents. It's about people generally. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You know, we, we all need some flexibility for various things. But um, but I think it is about, you know, looking at a business and for it to be more agile, you know. So instead of, you know, so when it comes to delivery of jobs, mm. you know, the more that you leave it so that there's one person responsible for that account filling those jobs... Mm. You know, that's no good for succession because you've only got for one sure. person doing yeah, it. And yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. if you've got more people around it, then if somebody is out of the office, and that could be because they're seriously ill for six months, it could be because they've had a baby, it could yeah, be whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so I think, I think you know, there's lots of different issues going on, you know. Um, but I definitely think it needs some enlightenment at the top level. It needs some courage to do something different. It needs mm. some creativity. 
Um, and I think they're just, you know, there is there is an absolute wealth of talent out there. People that I know of who feel like they don't know how to get back into recruitment yeah, because they and then they feel like their career's got to be sec- secondary to like raising their family and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's also don't give them, you know, crap jobs. You know, like that's the other thing is that people go, oh, look, well, they can do that. You know, when you've got kids, when you're at home, you need to be Engaged. inspired when yeah, you go to work. Yeah, yeah. No, you know? I love that. I think I absolutely love what that, that guy said. It mm. couldn't be more true. Mm. And obviously, I'm, I'm 25, but I have really tried to work on the long term, being patient. Like mm. in today's world, mm. it's so easy to not be patient. Mm. Obviously, this whole instant gratification and like, mm. if I want something, I can get it. Yeah, if yeah. I just want some, I want a catsuit curry. It takes me two minutes to get to yeah. my door. It's just yeah. crazy. Yeah. But I think that it really is solid advice, and that comes down to just en- anything in life, not just recruitment, not just um, yeah, your career and stuff. Like, be patient. Mm. Like, mm. it's such solid mm. advice. Mm. It really is. Especially yeah. if you're, yeah, as you said, like the fact that, that person said that and now is, um, and later on, five years down, later on, really mm. reaping the benefit of that decision, yeah. Yeah. then he's the winner. He's the yeah. person laughing. And then yeah. those five people said, oh no, like you're yeah. going to be out most of the week. Yeah. Like, do you get what I mean? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but so- I do think, I think women are amazing recruiters. I mean, obviously men are too, but mm. I think, you know, I, you know, I've worked with lots of female recruiters and, um, and, and I think that, you know, perhaps, the you know, we bring different things things to it. I mean, it's, it's really, you have to be careful what you say, but, you know, I, I just know that I'd often witness, you know, people in discussions with clients, yeah. m- males, and sometimes, like, they don't want to ask certain questions because yeah. for some reason they just don't want to. Whereas, like, you know, I just sort of, plow on in and, and ask it or or ask them about about their family or about you know something you know more I don't know like <laughs> more emotional or more you know yeah, and that a guy yeah. wouldn't ask and 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 so you know sometimes the way you connect with people is just completely different so you know sure. I, I think there are loads of amazing I think women are brilliant recruiters I think there's loads of brilliant female recruiters out there I just think the industry has to work out how it can you know, ensure we don't lose the talent at, yeah, at, at critical yeah, yeah. points, you know. Yeah, yeah. And to people who are in the industry, yeah. who are brilliant female recruiters, you know, I think the other thing I'd say is don't think, if you're in a business where you just feel so pissed off because you're not being treated in the right way, don't believe that's how it is everywhere. everywhere because, yeah, you know, yeah. there are amazing businesses doing amazing things who are just completely on it and they're yeah, the ones that sort of succeed. Well, that's also another thing. Um, great thing about um, social media and stuff like this yeah. and that, that's the amazing thing for sure and anyone yeah. who is listening who is like fed up and think yeah as you said yeah. the the recruitment environment they're in it, it's like that everywhere mm. it's it's, mm. it's not <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. so what, what I'd love to um, uh, ask you um, is so talk to me about sort of the, the biggest failure that you, you've, you've experienced um, and learnt from and then you can tell me about sort of one of the biggest successes that mm. you've had. But what was one of the, the um, biggest failures that you learned a lot from in your time? Maybe a few, but I mean, it's 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 is it a failure? I don't know. I mean, I think probably probably my biggest failure is that I haven't always listened to my gut instinct. Oh. Like that, that that because what because what the, the the things I'm thinking about when I'm thinking oh god I shouldn't have done that and I shouldn't have done that and you, you know they were things feeling. and actually yeah so like you know it, and and actually it's, it's really difficult because actually you, you know I'm sort of the per, the sort of person that looks at these things 
now when I look back and I think actually I probably grew and learned a lot through it mm. but sometimes it came with quite a lot of pain and yeah, yeah, anguish yeah, of course. Like anything, yeah. oh, so um but I do I do think that I don't know if it's a female trait but sometimes I think that I that self-doubt creeps in yeah and I think I think oh I don't know I don't know and then I just think and my gut is is there going hello listen to me but but there's something in my head going oh I don't know I don't know so even like when I did executive search you know my my gut was saying go and do it on your own go and do it on your own you can do it and then I sort of went oh I'm not sure I can oh I'll go and do executive search for this firm um you know and I learned loads through it but I should have known that our values didn't align and we would come to blows at some point um so and then I would say that's probably Probably yeah. I've done that a couple of times. So like I sit here now today and I'm now being recorded. So this is like, in some ways, <laughs> you know, but I am now like, that's probably the promise I've made myself mm. that when the gut goes off, that. I'm listen like, to listen to it. That's your best advisor. Like for mm. sure. 100%. I can, like, I'm really glad you said that because I'm, I'm a huge believer in that. And that's one of the biggest reasons why I moved up to London, yeah. took a pay cut, like, because I've, I've, I had that gut feeling and it feels yeah. right. And I'm born yeah. into that. And, also, what I find super interesting now that um, I go and meet agency owners and stuff, and it's like, what? Um, why do you exist or why do you different? It always mm. comes. It comes. Mm. It comes. Me and Sean have spoken about this. It's like it comes back to like, why did you join that recruitment firm? And it comes down to that gut feeling and that yeah. that connection yeah. with those people. Mm. It's not about the twenty five days holiday or the trip, fancy trips to Ibiza and stuff like that. Yeah. It really does come down to that yeah. gut feeling, that people yeah. part. Yeah. So that's why I love I love talking about that, and it, it's so fucking true. And yeah. obviously, the more you listen to that, I think the better. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, I think I'm definitely living evidence of that. I think everything, you know, when I've had some, you know, amazing mm. experiences, it's been this absolute alignment yeah. in like, you know, values, beliefs, you know, yeah, principles. Yeah, yeah. And what I've learned is that if, you know, if you've got to do shit things in work, as in like, you've got to fire people or yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah. I'm like, actually, I can do that tough stuff. I mean, you know, I do it hopefully compassionately, but, yeah. you know, I can do it. But the minute somebody pierces your values or beliefs god it is different that's to keep you awake at night stuff so i think yeah definitely follow your gut and like check in for those values beliefs and you know um, talk about some of your successes then what's uh i'm sure there's been some really nice highlights and stuff yeah i mean along the way but does anything stick out i mean i i think um you know, so, so from a, I mean, I said it, I said it to you earlier. I mean, I think one of the things that I've loved about my career is working in the industry I worked in, yeah. you know, property construction, which, you know, property construction, it's a, the built environment. Um, I think when I talk to my children, you know, we were just talking about the Olympic Stadium behind here, yeah. you know, to, to, to say that I had a small part of, yeah, of being really part cool. of delivering that. Um, and that was literally, you know, providing staff for the, the firm that designed it. Or, you know, there's other things that they've yeah, built, yeah. Uh, the Louvre in Abu Dhabi, and that just opened. And, you know, I remember just trying to get staff out there to move <laughs> from like Bath out to blimmin' um, Abu Dhabi. <laughs> So to be part of things like that, where there is that's a living cool. building or a, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. It, 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 that that's been amazing. But I think the other thing, um, and we did talk about this when we when we met properly the first time, is I think the other thing from a success perspective is that on my journey in this career is that I have just continued to evolve and tried to just I mean sometimes I think God I could give myself an easier time because you know I could have it an easier <laughs> yeah, life no but I've just kept adapting and I think Love you know that. I've never done the same thing more than once I've al- I've always kept 
you know, more. I, th- I think my values around trying to make the industry better and like mm. driving the quality of it and improving its same. perception. That's that's kind of probably been a consistent theme and helping yeah, yeah, it rise. Yeah. But I think that that you know actually surviving yeah. and but surviving keeping my interest and yeah, my yeah, excitement yeah. and my enthusiasm about it. So I think that's probably my greatest success in you know navigating my way through it and keeping that. my interest. I love that. In it. So before we wrap up then what's uh just talk to me about i know we we're talking before we started this but um obviously there have been a few changes in in your life you had some time off and yeah. stuff like that yeah so what 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 sort of um where are you right now and what you're excited about and yeah. yeah talk to me a bit about what's going on in your world i mean i yeah i mean i the last 18 months obviously completely insane with um uh the gdpr stuff so um but i think for me, I just wanted to take some time out to, again, to do my whole, like, right, how much we know what next? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think I wanted to just connect in with my network yeah. um, and check in with people. Um, and I think, going back to the gut, this is all coming together, yeah, love it, the love gut it. feel. Um, <laughs> but there's, you know, there, there are things that I, I mean, I might be being naive, we'll have to see, so that's the self-doubt. <laughs> um, but, you know, my, my instincts tell me that there is, you know, there is a need um for the industry to have more support in terms okay. of helping it be better at what it does. Yeah. I think there's lots of brilliant people setting up lots of businesses and I think it's very lonely, you know, and it's very sure. isolating. And there's lots of, you know, groups of uh, networks yeah, that, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we both work with, to, they yeah, can, yeah, yeah. you know, access and things. But I think at a more sort of sort of um, person to person level there's a gap so I did you know I'm still working things out and I'm still talking to people but I think there is an advisory sort of consultancy piece around trying to help um, you know the industry you know uh, perform at its best Um, I also think we don't know what's around the corner you know there's an economic cycle that we're on um, and it will be survival of the fittest so I think whatever it is um, you know it's going to be something that makes me smile Um, it's going to be something that works around you know I work I work hard if anything I need to sort of you know keep keep an eye on that but you know I want it to work around you know my life as well um but you know I just yeah I'd like to think that I can I can make a mark in terms of you know yeah yeah and you know and and I just want to work with lovely clients yeah so have um, no doubt you'll achieve that oh (laughs) thank you so Um, yeah watch this space really I love that so um look before we finish I always ask this question um so that question is, if you could communicate to every recruiter, they'd listen to Lucy, they'd implement your advice tomorrow, what would you say? It could be a sentence, it can be one word, what, what springs to mind if you could communicate to the industry that you love? I think, you know, I, I think it's, it's, it's about, it, it's really about the things we've spoken about. For me, it's about please, please, please think about the long term, not just the short term. Nice. You know, so that is in and and you know in client dealings, mm. in candidate dealings. You know, think about the consequences your of your actions. Yeah, yeah. You know, because and think about that network. So for me, there's a professionalism element here. Yeah. You know, try if you think about the long term, you will not chase that client for that invoice for you know when it wasn't due or yeah, for the yeah, you know yeah. it's it's you know build meaningful relationships because they will they will pay forward. Yeah. Love so that. okay, Lisa, been an absolute pleasure. Uh, Love talking to you and thanks for coming in. Thank you for having me.